Agape Speaks. Episode 3. The Interconnectedness of Cats, Cockroaches, Star Trek, and Beer. Last week, Tim and I had to put down one of our three cats. Her name was Barley, and even though she was incredibly skittish and rarely let us pet her, she was a sweetheart, and she was beautiful, and we loved her. But she was in an enormous amount of pain, and we knew that the best thing for her would be to let her go and end her misery. It didn't really sink in that she was gone until the next morning when I went to feed the cats. I realized we no longer needed three bowls, and I no longer needed to divide the food into three portions. And I got so incredibly sad. Her death really got me thinking a lot about animals, and whether or not they think or feel or understand the way we do. A few days before we took Barley to the vet, I remember asking Tim if he thought that Barley enjoyed living. She just seemed so uncomfortable and unhappy because of the pain. And cats are known to hide their ailments, so the fact that she wasn't hiding it probably meant it was pretty bad. But we will never be able to really know what Barley's experience of life was like. I also wonder what our other two cats think of what happened. Do they understand she is gone? Do they miss her? I really am so fascinated by animals, and I am convinced that they are not that different from humans. Well, not all animals. I have a really hard time finding affinity with most creepy crawly things, especially cockroaches. Which reminds me of a story from a time when I was traveling in Israel nine years ago. It was my third day there, and I checked into a motel located right on the Sea of Galilee. After dinner, I went swimming and then began settling in for the night. Right before I went to bed, I sat at a desk in my room to finish my daily journal entry. Here is the postscript to my entry that night. OMG, OMG, ew, I just saw a huge cockroach bug. It is so huge. It's like seriously the size of my hand, and it literally just crawled right over my feet. I noticed a bunch of ants earlier, but whatever, they were just ants. But a cockroach? This is way too much for me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep now. By the way, I couldn't. It was so gross. I'm pretty sure cockroaches don't bite, but I definitely do not want that thing crawling on me again. Maybe I'll go down to the lobby. Yes, I think I will. So I went, and the lady at the front desk nonchalantly told me, Oh, there is cockroach spray under the sink for that. Of course there is. I'm on the Sea of Galilee in Israel. So back in my room, 
I spray half the bottle in the kitchen area where that nasty bug came from, and I'm keeping the bottle with me for further attacks. And I am now officially freaked out. Okay, just now I saw it crawl by my closet. Hopefully it is the same one I saw earlier. I find it and I spray it until it dies, which actually takes a really long time. It writhes and twitches for what seems like forever until it finally stopped moving. Great, now my room smells like cockroach spray. I use a motel towel to pick it up and throw it outside. It was so big. It is disgusting. I'm so creeped out and I keep feeling crawling sensations on my legs. And the smell of the spray is nauseating. But I just did not want to hear it crunch. So I had to spray it to death. And sadly, I feel no remorse. I really have a lot of respect for the giants. I just don't know how they do it. I mean, I love most animals, and I really try to respect nature, but mosquitoes and flies and cockroaches? The giants are truly holy people. Even now, as I read this entry back to you, I can feel the crawling sensation on my legs, and I can see the huge bug in my mind, and it still freaks me out. Before I go any further, let me explain to you a little bit about Jainism, the religion I referred to. Jainism was founded in ancient India. It is one of the oldest religions in the world, and it's most similar to Hinduism and Buddhism. The Jains very seriously believe in the equality of all life. Jains believe that animals and plants and human beings we all contain living souls. Each of these souls, whatever species it may be in, is considered of equal value and should be treated with respect and compassion. Therefore, they take some pretty extreme precautions to protect these souls of every single living being. For example, some wear masks over their mouths so that they will not accidentally swallow and kill a small bug. Some wear special shoes or shoe coverings to try to avoid stepping on any kind of bugs or insects. I have always been so impressed by the reverence they give to each and every single living creature on Earth, even the small, helpless creatures, no matter how disgusting and creepy they may be. So when I was spraying that cockroach to death in Israel, I couldn't help but think of the Jains and of what they would have done in my situation. They would not have been able to bear the suffering of the cockroach because cockroaches and humans have equal souls. And like I said in my journal, I seriously don't know how they do it. Even though it seems like the giants might be a little too extreme in their actions, the basic idea behind their actions, that all of creation is good and holy and deserves respect and care, is not unique to Jainism. 
it's all over the scriptures of every world religion. It's as if someone out there in the universe is trying to shake our collective shoulders and say to us, look, this life is not only about you, human. It's about all of creation. Don't you get it? Creation is important. Creation is marvelous and mysterious and amazing. The variety of creation is almost beyond imagination. And creation is a blessing in so many ways. I cannot even begin to measure the joy that I receive from watching and interacting with my six chickens. They are such cool creatures with distinct personalities and weird quirks and unique behaviors. I've taught Pepper how to do tricks, and I swear she knows her name. And we trained all of them to lay their eggs in a specific nesting area in their coop. It's amazing what they can do. It's amazing what all plants and animals do. And it's amazing what they do for us. Nourishment, companionship, healing, protection, labor, maintaining the cycle of life and the stability of our ecosystem, and so much more. As I began to ponder this, I wondered if even cockroaches could be seen as a blessing. So I googled benefits of cockroaches and learned that certain cockroaches are responsible for decomposing the dead vegetation that covers the forest ground. So without cockroaches, that vegetation would smother the forest. Also, as part of the food chain, cockroaches provide a food source for various birds and small mammals, and they themselves feed on other smaller, creepy-crawly creatures. I know once I learned that spiders ate mosquitoes, I stopped killing spiders. So maybe there is a little bit of that giant respect and equality in me. And next time I encounter a cockroach, maybe I'll be able to see it as a gift, as a blessing to my life. Not just an icky, disgusting, disposable creature. At this point, I must interject with a brief scene from Star Trek The Next Generation. And it's all my husband's fault. That's because while I was recording this episode, this is the point at which he piped in from the kitchen to remind me of this episode we had just watched called The Measure of a Man. Guinan, the bartender of Ten Forward on The Enterprise, played by Whoopi Goldberg, and Jean-Luc Picard, the captain of the Enterprise, played by Patrick Stewart, are discussing this legal hearing that will end up determining whether or not Data, who's an android, is legally a sentient being with rights and freedoms under Federation law. Picard is recounting the prosecution's devastatingly convincing argument that Data is only a machine. And Guinan responds. So now that Data is about to be ruled the property of Starfleet, that should increase his value. Picard, in what way? Guinan, 
Well, consider that in the history of many worlds, there have always been disposable creatures. They do the dirty work. They do the work that no one else wants to do because it's too difficult or too hazardous. And an army of datas, all disposable. You don't have to think about their welfare. You don't have to think about how they feel. Whole generations of disposable people. Picard, you're talking about slavery. Guyman, I think that's a little harsh. Picard, I don't think that's a little harsh. I think that's the truth. But that's a truth we have obscured behind a comfortable, easy euphemism. Property. This is why I married Tim. He went somewhere with this sermon that I didn't think I could or should. Here I am trying to convince humans to get along better with cockroaches when humans can't even get along with other humans. I mean, seriously, what am I thinking? Humans can't even see how similar they are to each other, much less how similar they are to a cockroach. And do you know how similar humans really are to each other? In this great PBS special I call, saw called Race, the Power of an Illusion, evolutionary biologist Joseph Graves said this, the measured amount of genetic variation in the human population is extremely small. Genetically, we really aren't very different. In fact, genetically, we are among the most similar of all species. There is more genetic diversity in a group of almost identical-looking penguins than a group of very different-looking people. Fruit flies have ten times more difference from each other than humans have from each other. That means that any two fruit flies may be as different genetically from each other as a human is from a chimpanzee. Now I want a chance to shake our collective shoulders and say, look, this life is not only about you, specific human. It's about every single human, every single creature, every single living thing on this entire planet. Don't you get it? No one, no thing is disposable. I am incredibly concerned that we are so disconnected from the reality of our interconnectedness with all that exists, that we think it is okay to dispose of certain people, certain animals, certain habitats, certain living things. There is this one frog species in Australia that raises their young inside their stomachs. The frog has substances within its stomach that inhibit the digesting of these young. And scientists figured out that if they studied these substances, they would be able to create a cure for human peptic ulcers. But those frogs are now extinct. This unique gift given to us has been destroyed by us. 
We are killing each other. We are changing the climate. We are eliminating entire species because we are so disconnected from each other and the world of nature. According to a study I heard on NPR, most people only spend 4% of the day outside. And time outside includes being in a car. Too many of us make all of our interactions within a purely human world. So we no longer see our intricate connection with all that exists. And that purely human world that we exist in has little to no diversity. Most people live most, if not all, of their lives surrounded by people who look and act and think like they do. And now I must shamelessly quote Disney's Pocahontas. But if you walked the footsteps of a stranger, you'd learn things you never knew you never knew. Seriously, Pocahontas got it right. She understood that every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. And she knew that we are all connected to each other in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. One of the reasons I love beer so much is because I can so clearly see the interconnectedness of our world in a bottle of beer. Let me explain. So beer is made with just four simple ingredients. Grains, hops, yeast, water. But when you look a little deeper, you realize it's not that simple at all. Let's take just the grains. All brewers, from home brewers like me to brewers at Sam Adams Brewery, the largest craft brewery in America, use malted cereal grains to make beer. But how do the brewers get these grains? First, there are farmers who plant seeds and harvest the grains. Then the maltsters who malt those grains. Then the retailer who sells those grains. And of course, the truck drivers who are transporting the grains. But there's also the people at the factories who make trucks for the truck drivers and farming equipment for the farmers and kilns for the maltsters and packaging supplies like tape, cardboard boxes, and labels for the retailers. But then there's also sunshine and rain needed not only to help the grains grow, but to help all plants and animals grow. Plants and animals that will help feed the farmer and the maltster and the retailer and the truck driver. And of course, there are hospitals, doctors, and nurses who care for the farmer, maltster, retailer, and truck driver. Schools and teachers educate them and their children. Factories and retailers and tons of workers who make clothing and furniture and food and refrigerators and cars for the farmer and the maltzer and the retailer and the truck driver. And all of that for just one beer ingredient. When we look in this way, we see that without all of these people and things, a bottle of beer could not exist. It contains everything in the universe 
in it. Everything contains everything in the universe in it. That makes me appreciate everyone and everything in the entire universe so much more. Our very lives depend on interconnectedness. Every single second, we require oxygen, the plants that exhale it, the sun that drives photosynthesis, and other stars blowing up billions of years ago to make every atom of oxygen in the next breath we take. Think about the living things you rely on every day. I'm guessing you didn't make that box of cereal or carton of milk or that medicine you need or the water you drink. My hope is that we can all begin to see even a glimpse of our vast interconnectedness so that we may love and respect and thank and be a blessing to everyone and everything that is a blessing to us. No one, no thing is disposable. Everyone and everything in the world is a gift, a blessing. You are a gift and a blessing. I am a gift and a blessing. All people, all creatures, all living things are a gift and a blessing. Especially cats. But even Thank you so much for listening to the Agape Speaks podcast. You can find all of our episodes at agapespeaks.org and also on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Until next time, may you be loved and may you be loved.